Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. But we will go to somebody that can partake in this conversation on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. It's Sam Farber, the play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets you can catch right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Before we get to the Hornets, Sam, i got to ask you, what's your favorite Rocky movie of all time? Oh, it's, for me, it's got to be, again, Strago, but I'm very excited about Creed Three coming out, and I'm super excited now to uh, make a note in my schedule to get the podcast version of this show because whatever Wes says is straight fire is going to be straight fire. <laughs> I appreciate be. that. You got to see that Creed 3, man. I told people, take the nostalgia out of it. This one might be the one, man. I, I'm, I'm I'm contemplating if it's better than the Rockies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's that good. gassing it up as much as any. And I loved Creed 1. Are you down with the Creed series too, Sam? I, I like it. I like it. I think they've done a good job kind of reimagining the roles, but still keeping it connected to the originals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's. A, I think it's a great storyline. And, I mean, what, what beats boxing movies, really? I mean, they're, they're just that. <laughs> Sam Farber joining us with his Rocky takes as well as his Charlotte Hornets takes, calling the game last night as he saw the Charlotte Hornets beat the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden where I heard all the national media discussing how it was inevitable that New York was going to win 10 straight until the Charlotte Hornets, they showed up and they put down a defensive effort. Like really we haven't seen in at least three quarters of this game. They win 112 to 105. What were your main takeaways, Sam? How excited were you after you saw the uh, outcome happen the way it did? Well, I think one of the things you threw in there, the defense, that's becoming more and more the foundation of this team, you know, via this coaching staff. That's what they were brought in to do. And if you look historically at Steve Clifford coach teams, they tend to ramp up during year one. And this is about the time that that defensive acumen really starts to kick in. And so I think even though uh, the, the season's certainly been disappointing on the injury front and the stability front due to that fact, uh, they are getting better in the area they wanted to improve in. And hopefully that bodes well for the future when they'll probably have some better injury luck and definitely have some more talent added into the mix via uh, the draft and uh, free agency. Sam, I think Gordon Hayward has been playing excellent so far uh, since the LaMelo injury leading up to the All-Star break, post-All-Star break. And look, that he catches a lot of flack, and I get it, but what he's doing right now, especially getting close to a triple-double last night, 23 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, what have you made of his performances here recently? He's just a really, really strong player, and I think as fans of the Hornets, you have to start to make a pivot and look at, him and his contract situation, which I know is what you're referring to in terms of you know people having uh, some qualms with the level of production, you have to shift your thinking from what he was when he signed originally with the Hornets, which was the leading scorer, which was one of the top options each and every time down the floor, to what he should be next season if this is a playoff team. And that is typically your third or maybe even fourth guy on the floor at times, depending on how much talent they can put on the floor. Still a huge part of the offense, still a huge piece of the puzzle to make the playoffs and make some noise hopefully when you get there, but they don't need or want to depend on him as the number one guy. And and this is true of a lot of players. I mean, outside of LeBron and Kevin Durant, who can you think of that reaches the age of 30, uh, you know, reaches their early 30s and is still the number one piece on the team. It doesn't happen. I mean, Chris Paul has, uh, has still played at an all-star level since he's 
been with the Suns, but he's not their number one guy anymore. Oftentimes, he's number three, and that's part of the, the, the puzzle here for the Hornets. It was pushing talent into the organization. Year one, yes, Gordon Hayward was clearly the best player on the floor, the one that was determining wins and losses. Now he's going to contribute in major ways, but you don't need him to be your number one. In fact, you probably want this roster to be deep enough that he's number three. That's where they're going to be at their best. Sam, you talked about the defense and how this team has progressed or the normal pattern under Coach. And so when you look at last night, the Knicks shot 80% in the second quarter. They go 10 of 11 from three. But then in the second half, the Hornets only give up 39 second-half points. They hold them to 29% shooting. What did you see as far as what changed in this team to keep them from being so abysmal in the second quarter to playing so well in the second half? Well, they did a much better job of keeping people in front of them on the perimeter. And, you know, I think some of the philosophies, I think, you know, the staff and the team was kind of pretty much unflappable with how they were going to approach things. They they wanted Julius Randle shooting threes. Because as well as he's been playing, reigning Eastern Conference Player of the Week, you look at the numbers, he's not as good from three as he is once he gets down into the paint and, you know, can get by people. So the Hornets had a really good strategy out there, and they stuck to their guns, even though the Knicks had a really hot second quarter. And then they tried to peel away some of the pieces that, were just too easy. You know, the, the ball fake, uh, drive in and make Mark Williams commit to somebody, or Nick Richards, for that matter, commit to somebody, and then either dunk it yourself or hand it off to Mitchell Robinson, who's going to dunk it. That play was not going to work well for the Hornets. So keeping those players on the perimeter and living with whatever Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett can do from three, that's part of the league. That's why they say you make this league out there. If those guys knock down those shots, it can be a long day, and they're exceptional talents, and they often do make those shots. But you have to put yourself in the best position to win. And I think the Hornets had a good strategy to do that and executed it. And last night they battled back from the lead. And this team just, they still, they're still playing hard. They're playing as if they really have something to play for. Is that just an effect of all the veterans on this team and the professionalism? Because normally, you know, a young team, you might see them kind of go into the tank. But this team, they just keep coming out and keep battling. Well, there is a garden factor. Players tend to, you know, push it a, a little bit more at Madison Square Garden and, and also at home. So, you know, I think that I, I don't want to ignore that. But there's also something instinctual about athletes. I mean, you you were an athlete. You were in seasons, I'm sure, where your team was not performing up to the level that uh, was going to put you in line to play for a national championship. But when you line them up there and you're mano a mano with someone else, you're there to do your job and to win that rep, win that play, win that game. And here we are with the Hornets. And, yeah, the, the season has not gone as designed. And in terms of playoffs, there is less on the line now for the Hornets than a lot of the teams they're going to be playing against. But when you get in that moment and you're one-on-one, it's about winning that rep, winning that play, winning that game. And so I think that instinctual nature of athletes all, all, all the time you know, will shine through eventually. And it's about putting yourself in a position to allow that to happen. If you're down by 20 in the first quarter, it's, it's get, it gets tough. If you're in the game and it's, you know, fourth quarter, Madison Square Garden, under two minutes to play, one possession contest, I challenge you to find an NBA player that would wilt under those circumstances or not want to be there for that moment and try and win the game. That's Sam Farber, the voice of the Charlotte Hornets that you can catch right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can hear him on the call tomorrow night as the Hornets travel to Detroit and take on the Pistons. Tip is set for 7 p.m. Sam, we really appreciate the time and we appreciate the Rocky takes. Thanks, Sam. Anytime, we'll see that Creed 3 ASAP.
I'm kind of, I mean, it's going on the list. I mean, we only have so much more time here in Detroit, but we'll see if I can sneak it in there to, or, or, or some point, you know, maybe Oklahoma. That might be the trip I go see Creed 3. Okay. 